Emergency Medical Minute presents Pharmacy Friday, where emergency medicine clinical pharmacists join us to shed light on pharmacological topics. The Emergency Medical Minute is excited to announce that we are now offering AMA, PRA, Category 1 credits via online course modules. To access these and for more information, visit our website at www.emergencymedicalminute.com backslash CME-courses, or simply click on the link in our show notes and create an account. Hey guys, this is Rachel Duncan, emergency medicine clinical pharmacist, here to present your Pharmacy Friday Medical Minute. Um, Today I wanted to take a break from talking about COVID and talk about another seasonal disease that we should all have in the back of our minds when folks come into the emergency department, and that is influenza. And so I wanted to start out just kind of talking about how influenza is doing in Colorado specifically this year. And so what I did was I looked up under our Department of Public Health and Environment. Um, They really do a good job of doing a Colorado flu report and putting out a weekly summary. And so the most recent one for the week ending in February 6th, which would be last week, is the most um, up-to-date information we have. And sort of what they comment on is overall um, influenza does not appear to be affecting Coloradans as much as it typically has in past years. I'm sure we can all think of many reasons why that is. Probably a lot of the precautionary measures that we're already doing um, to stop the spread of COVID also happen to work for influenza. And so they really come out and say, you know, the geographic spread of influenza in the state of Colorado is very sporadic as of right now. We've actually only seen a total of 22 hospitalizations since the start of this flu season, which was in September. In fact, when we look at influenza like illness patient visits reported by outpatient clinics, it's actually less than 1% as of right now. And this is below the ba- um, baseline level of over 5%, which we typically see in February. Um, and so we're really just seeing so many less cases. In fact, if you look at Sentinel Hospital Labs, um, you know, they took a grouping that tested over 2,500 specimens for flu, and only three were actually positive for influenza. Um, we have had zero outbreaks in long term care facilities and absolutely no pediatric influenza deaths. And so it's really very encouraging. Again, it is probably due to what we are already um, putting in place for COVID restrictions. Um, I think we were all pretty terrified that getting a COVID surge in the middle of flu season could be very overwhelming for hospitals. And while that COVID surge has been overwhelming, it hasn't been due to flu happening at the same time, at least not as of yet. Um, Some estimates of our current flu vaccinations for the 2021 season are really showing us that maybe more folks are being vaccinated and taking that seriously to get that seasonal, seasonal flu vaccine in order to not put another risk factor um, or disease state in the mix when you're already trying to avoid COVID. And so the thing that I wanted to chat about today is a somewhat newer treatment for influenza. And the reason I'm talking about it is although it was approved in 2018 and only recently at the end of last year, um, got approved for post-exposure prophylaxis for patients. And so just a new indication we should all be aware of, especially as we work out of the emergency 
emergency room. And so that drug is called Belozaver Marboxyl. And I'm sure I'm butchering that name. So I'm going to go ahead and take the liberty of calling it by its brand name, which is Zofluza. Um, and this is a Genentech drug that came out and was approved by the FDA in 2018. It is indicated for the treatment of acute, uncomplicated influenza in patients 12 years of age and older, and an, of course, similar to Tamiflu, who have been symptomatic for no more than 48 hours and who are otherwise healthy or at high risk of developing influenza-related complications. And so there's definitely many populations we wouldn't use this in. Um, For example, it really hasn't been validated very well on the inpatient side or in the critically ill patient. This is going to truly be an option for patients that you're seeing in the emergency room and then sending home who don't have a lot of comorbidities and who are otherwise healthy, but of course you wanna keep them safe as an outpatient. And so this is definitely an option. Now, when you compare it to Oseltamivir, um, also known as Tamiflu, um, the only real head-to-head studies we have as of right now are phase three studies. Um, The most recent that was published found that a dose of Zofluza um, was superior to placebo, but similar to Oseltamivir or Tamiflu in shortening the duration of illness in adult and adolescent outpatients at high risk for flu-related complications. And again, you will note that that is outpatients. Now they did note that possibly recovery is about eight hours faster than someone starting to take Tamiflu. And I wonder if this is possibly due to the fact that Zofluza is a single dose of an antiviral drug. And so as you can remember, of course, if you're taking a course of Tamiflu, you're going to be taking that typically twice daily for five days. Um, And that's um, typically 75 milligrams twice daily for five days versus a single dose of the Zofluza, which of course Um, You think of advantages there if you can see that patient in the ER, see them, witness them, get that single dose, you feel pretty confident sending them out that they just received an entire course of therapy to potentially shorten their duration of flu versus something like Tamiflu where you might give the first dose and then write a script and they have to go get it filled at their outpatient pharmacy. Hopefully they do, but they may or may not. Um, So definitely some advantages possibly um, to choose using Zofluza over Tamiflu. And so getting into the Zofluza dosing a little bit more, as I mentioned, it is a single dose. It is weight-based. And so we're really looking at a dose of 40 milligrams um, for patients weighing less than 80 kilos or 80 milligrams for patients weighing weighing greater than 80 kilos. So very, very simple dosing scheme, just that it's that single dose, as I mentioned. It does appear to be generally well tolerated throughout all of the phases of studies, as well as in post-marketing surveillance. Um, Doesn't tend to cause a lot of issues. It can cause the normal stuff that you would expect with any type of antiviral. It's a little bit of diarrhea, nausea, and headache. But beyond that, it seems to be very well tolerated. 
But what are some of the drawbacks potentially of this drug? So although the advantage of one-time dosing and that it's generally well tolerated, um, it really hasn't been studied extensively in various populations like Tamiflu has been. For example, not for treatment for influenza within the hospital or um, especially the critical care setting. So definitely not appropriate for every patient. It's also been not, not been studied in common complicated patients. It's not been studied in pregnant or breastfeeding women. So definitely some limitations there where you would absolutely go straight for Tamiflu. The other big drawback is, as you can imagine, cost. Why is this probably not available in your emergency room as of right now? And that is going to be the cost. Um, as you can imagine, um, Zofluza is still brand name only, whereas Tamiflu has been on the market for almost 20 years. It is available as a generic. So the lowest price for a course of the generic version of Tamiflu or Oseltamivir is currently about $25 if you're just paying cash. Zofluza, on the other hand, is going to be closer to $200 just for that single dose. In fact, if you look on GoodRx, the price, the lowest available pricing I could find was about $150, which of course is going to be cost prohibitive for a lot of patients. So for that reason and others that we discussed may not necessarily be your go-to drug in influenza and is really the reason why you probably haven't seen it being used out of your emergency room yet. If you are using it, I think the cool thing is that in November of 2020, it actually got approved for an additional indication, not only in treatment, um, but also in going ahead and prescribing it for prophylaxis. So for patients who are going to be in contact with that patient um, that you're sending home, who may have diagnosed or had suspicion of having influenza. So that is absolutely um, an additional, very valuable indication to know about. Um, again, as you can imagine, having that single dose is a really great option for some patients who maybe you don't trust to go home and, and get a, a prescription filled and take it for five days, especially if they're just taking it for post-exposure prophylaxis. Um, so keep that in your back pocket. But overall, I think that Tamiflu is still clinically appropriate as a first-line agent, both from an efficacy, the amount of literature supporting it, the 20 years it's been on the market, and then as, as well as cost. Um, so while I think it's important for y'all to know about Zafluza and this additional indication, especially as we work out in the emergency room and start to see a few more influenza cases, um, I do think that in general, you're going to be reaching for your Tamiflu. But that is the latest and greatest update on our latest influenza treatments. Um, I think it is pretty cool that this is the first drug approved for influenza, um, first new drug in about 20 years. And so that's always exciting to see in a disease state that we know we're going to see every year. And so very, very encouraging for all of us. Um, and then, of course, just remembering that the other encouraging piece is that flu season, as of right now, not to jinx it, 
has not been bad, at least in, in Colorado and most of the rest of the United States. Um, and we need to continue to do all of those precautionary measures um, that we're doing to keep, first of all, COVID at bay, as well as influenza, including getting your vaccines. And so if you do have patients that come in, just always making sure, have they also been vaccinated for influenza this year? Because that's just as important um, of keeping our population healthy as it is for pushing our COVID vaccine. Um, Alrighty, hope you enjoyed your Pharmacy Friday Emergency Medical Minute. I'll see you next time. Bye. Hello, EMM listeners. We are dedicated to providing you with high-quality educational content free of charge and without ads. As a nonprofit organization, we rely solely on donations. So if you enjoy our show and are able to make a one-time or recurring donation to help cover our operational costs, any amount is helpful in making this show possible. Click the link in our show notes to make a donation. Thank you.